Okay. Praise the Lord. Let's open our Bibles to John, 1 John chapter 3. So, we, the scripture that the cute little children <laughs> just uh, read... Out of Luke chapter 2, the thing that I wanted to call your attention to, because you may have been distracted by the cuteness, uh, the, the thing I want to call your attention to is uh, in verse 5, don't, you don't have to turn there in, in, uh, in Luke, it says that they, they came they, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child, and while they were there, the time came. For her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. How many times have you heard that? Linus quotes it every year when you watch the Charlie Brown Christmas special. It's repeated. It, when I was in, in school, we used to actually use the Bible verses believe it or not, in public schools. How many of you remember that? And we would do in the Christmas plays and we would have this stuff. It's super famous because it's the Christmas story. It's in a lot of Christmas carols and songs. But there was a time for her to give birth. And it was the perfect time, according to Galatians, that God sent His Son at just the right time for Him to appear in world history. We are celebrating it in this last day of Advent. The arrival, the appearing of the Son of God. He appeared. He showed up. Now in 1 John chapter 3, I want to answer the question, final Sunday of Advent, why are we celebrating Christmas and the appearing of the Son of God. And it is always both awesome and terrifying to answer the questions of why. Most of the time, when you're a child and you ask your parents why, the answer is, if you're a dad, I don't know, go ask your mother. Uh, or, the answer is, and this was a favorite answer at my house growing up, so if mom and dad are watching, I love you very much. Uh, why? Because. Why? Because. Anybody get that answer? Uh, or the more you ask the question why, eventually it was, because I said, that's why. Well, when you're eight years old and you've been jabbering nonstop about why we're going to grandma's or why you have to do this or why do I have to eat Brussels sprouts? Eventually, you, you as a parent are going to say, because I said. If you ever attempt to answer the questions why, sometimes you find yourself trying to explain to a child in such a way that it's difficult, right? It's difficult to explain nuances that you yourself may not understand completely, and you're trying to explain the nuances of why something is. Unless you're my dad, because I asked him some questions once about his work, and he got out, Daniel's laughing already because he knows, 
Dad got out a piece of paper, and for the next 45 minutes, I watched him draw diagrams with measurements and wheels and cogs, and the extru- he was explaining all this stuff, and I was overwhelmed. So it de- depends on who you ask. Uh, but the question of why is really important because we make a gigantic deal out of Christmas, both sacred and secular. Secular has turned, the world around us has turned Christmas into a reason to pump the economy up and buy stuff. But throughout church history, the reason we're celebrating Christmas is the intentional, on-purpose worship of God for the appearing of His Son into time, into space. And we handled Him, First John tells us in chapter 1. And we knew Him and our fellowship was with Him. And we are celebrating that. And I want us to see why the celebration is so important. Look at First John chapter 3. We are going to look at verse 5. You know that He appeared to take away sins, and in Him there is no sin. There are two things we're going to look at is why did He come? Why did He appear? Jennifer was uh, quoting, for unto you, the angel said, a Savior is born, Christ the Lord. You think about the magnitude of the statement. Christ the Lord, the angels are saying, has arrived. He has appeared. He is lying in swaddling cloths. That will be a sign to you. He's in a manger. This is not what we're expecting. We're expecting something else. But He has appeared. Christ the Lord. And John, spending three years with Jesus in His ministry, now years later, reflecting back, writing his letter is in his older age. He says, you know that he appeared to take away sins and in him there is no sin. That's how he took away sin. Because in him there was none. And he stood in our place. Here's the simplicity of the answer. Many of you could have preached it. Arwen could have preached this. Why did Jesus appear to take away sins? sins. That is really important. The weary world rejoices. Why does the weary world rejoice? It's weary with sin and Jesus came to take it away. It's awesome. To to flesh this out a little more, keep your finger in 1 John, I want you to see one of my favorite Explanations of this is in Romans chapter 8. If you all would turn there. Is it tacky to preach a sermon and drink a bottle of drink of McDonald's? Sorry. If it is, forgive me. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Every time I read Romans, I'm like, okay, I need 73 weeks to explain this, but we're not going to do that. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? For, because, the law of the Spirit of life has set you free 
in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. He appeared to take away sins. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Well, how? For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. I wonder if you caught that at the very beginning. For God has done what the law could not do, weakened by the flesh. So who has done something? God has done something. Why has He done something? Because the flesh is too weak to do it. God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. The law could not save, but God can. He appeared to take away sin. God has done it, what the law could not do. In other words, here is the righteous law of God. It is true, it is just, it is holy, it is perfect. I'm going to give it to you, Brittany, knowing that you cannot do it. And God did this through the nation of Israel and showed that a people called by His name could not do what He commanded them to do. Therefore, they had to sacrifice animals and make propitiation frequently. That's a big, fancy Christmas word, right? It's on all of your Christmas cards. Propitiation. It means to satisfy the wrath of God for sin. To propitiate means we bring an animal, a bull or a goat or whatever the sacrifice was, to take, to propitiate God's wrath for sin. He will point that wrath at the sacrifice and not at you, Brittany. So every year they've got to bring the sacrifices and God, through the whole history of Israel, shows even though He was splitting Red Seas, even though there are floating axe heads, even though there is crazy stuff in the Old Testament where the power of God is on display, they do not do it. Right? You read the Old Testament, you're like, oh my gosh, they're, they're, they're messing up again. It's just non-stop. And then they're repenting again and they're crying out to God again and God's rescuing them again. And He's showing them You cannot do what my perfect law requires you to do. But I'm here to help you, and I'm going to sustain you, and I've I've made provision through the law and sacrifices, but there is a day coming where the Son of God will appear and do this, for God has done what the law weakened by the flesh. Dan and Brittany could not do the law even though they tried, even though they wanted to. This. Sending His own in the sinful flesh and for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. Righteous requirements might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. I, I'm telling you, and you probably already know, I, I could preach. That is just so wonderful. This is life-altering, freeing stuff. I've got my Martin Luther 
quote right over here, the law says do this, and it is never done. Grace says believe in this, and everything is already done. This is what Romans 8 is telling us, that God in Christ did what weak, sinful humans cannot do. The law can't do it because of the weakness of human flesh. So God sent His Son. He appeared to take the weakness of sinful flesh, but not sinful. Jesus, perfect, takes on our weaknesses, takes on all of it voluntarily because of the great love with which He loved us and took away sin. Why was the angel's message for unto you in the city of Bethlehem? Why was that such a wonderful announcement? Because the announcement was is here to take sins. Every Jew should have been jumping and screaming and shouting for joy. And many of them this is why he appeared. Me to First John. First John chapter three. Sometimes I know when I preach something that seems so basic, people are saying, "We already know this." Do you? Do are you strong? Guilt? Are you struggling with condemnation? Are you fighting all the time with sins that Jesus has already done something about? This is the kind of message you need to preach to yourself all the time. Why am I celebrating Christmas? Because Jesus came to take away my sin. He took it away. But let's get into why Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Because, how's that for a transition? Because Die Hard is bloody and violent, isn't it? It is bloody and violent. And so is the celebration of Christmas. I know it's the tender, sweet baby Jesus. Eight pounds, six ounces baby Jesus. Wrapped in swaddling cloths. It's just tender and sweet. And just, that's, that's what we just, and it's true. Because babies are tender. But this tender and sweet Son of God did not come to be merely tender and sweet. He came to be bloody and violent. Yes. How do I know that? Am I just making that up? Is that some American testosterone? Is that all that is? No. Look, in John, 1 John chapter 3, verse 5 says, You know that He sins and in down the verse 8, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. What is he establishing here? Satan is the king of sinners. And whoever makes a practice of sinning is on his team. They belong to his kingdom because he's been sinning From the beginning, whoever makes a practice. Now, we are all sinful and sinners, but this is talking about the willful, on purpose, intentional lifestyles of sin. 
which God will not excuse. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. Is that clear enough? A fairly bold statement. So this is where the bloody, violent, tender Jesus comes in. The reason the Son of God... Listen, wait, just stop real quick. The, the, the answer to why, whenever, whenever somebody says, the reason I did that, they're about to tell you why. So the answer to a tough question, why did Jesus come, is actually super easy and very, very explicitly spelled out. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Sweet, eight pound, six ounce baby Jesus lying in a manger in our Christmas play is, oh, it gives us warm fuzzies. But there weren't warm fuzzies in his mind when he looked at what was holding all of us captive in chains of sin. He came to destroy Murder, kill, sin, and death, and triumph over the grave, and destroy the works of the devil. What are the works of the devil? Every nuance that leads men and women more sinfulness, which is all prisoners to paganism. And the idea that there was a God for rain and a God for snow and a God for crops and that's paganism and, and it kept men and women enslaved into that system of thinking for millennia. Enslaved to an enlightenment that says that there is no God and there is no devil and it will be a horrible day on the day of judgment to find out you listened to a liar. Because His works have been destroyed by the sweet, tender baby Jesus. He appeared to get bloody and violent and destroy every attack and lie of the devil. He destroyed it. Broke its power. Why are we celebrating Christmas? Because He appeared to take away our sin And just to make sure that it is explicitly understood, that is the destruction of the works of the devil. We are celebrating the warrior King Jesus who laid down His life so that we could be whole, free from sin, no longer a prisoner of the devil. No longer a prisoner of sin. Christmas is worth celebrating. Bowing down before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, knowing we are worshiping God Almighty who took on human flesh So that He could destroy what kept us captive. So He could destroy every nuance and every scheme of the devil. Don't listen to Him this year in 2021 coming up. Don't listen to Him. 
plant your feet, your nose, your eyes, your heart into the Scripture in 2021. Have And my prayer is that our desires for God would wake up. That we would wake up to the reality of who Jesus is and what He's done. And the boldness comes on the heels of the desire for more of God. The awakening desire for more of Him causes us to realize that our life is short and the people around us need to know that He appeared to take away the sins of the world and He appeared to destroy the king of that sin, which is Satan. And that is what we are going to talk a lot about in 2021. And that is what we are celebrating. Please, moms and dads, Tell your kids before we tear into the presents why we are actually sitting around that Christmas tree. Please tell your children that they are serving the King of the universe who became a baby born in a manger to save us from our sin and to destroy the works of the devil. My Christmas sermons are always short. It's a simple message. The fight has already been won. I'm going to have the worship team come up. While they're coming up, if you did not grab the communion elements, they are right out here in the hallway. So if you want to go out there and grab some, are coming. have everybody uh, go ahead and stand up with me if you would. When you think about what Jesus did, you know, you can just go on and on and on. And we should. We should spend our lives going on and on and on about what Jesus did. But the reason that we take this holy meal together, and it is a meal, and it is holy. The reason we do this, according to Jesus, is to do it in remembrance of Him. We remember that He took away our sins. We remember He destroyed the works of the devil. We remember that we were lost. That we were wretched. That we were separated from the love of God and the commonwealth of Israel, Ephesians 2 says. But now in Christ, through His blood, we, through the cross, have been brought near to Him. His broken body 
is the sign of a covenant that God was willing to pursue you when you sign of a covenant was willing to pursue you when you were in rebellion against him think about that while you were in rebellion he was in pursuit of you this cup represents the cleansing that propitiation word Jesus was the final sacrifice the final propitiation for our sin he for eternity propitiated the wrath of God he got rid of it by becoming that final sacrifice satisfying forever the wrath of God for every one who comes to Christ that is why this meal is important we're going to take this together and then we're going to sing a final song and Rob's going to dismiss us. Pray that your heart would be full this whole week of the Jesus is and what He did. Father, we thank You for this wonderful time of year. I thank You, Lord, for the reality of resurrection. Thank You, Lord, for the reality of Your death your burial and your resurrection. The reality of you condescending to come to voluntarily take on flesh because you love us. We thank you today for your sacrifice and what you've done. Let's take this together.
so much for us that you have given your son and that we as we celebrate that this week that we are mindful of that of that sacrifice that saves us that brings us into family with you and with each other father And we're prayerful that your blessings are upon us in such a strange time, a strange year. We are so prayerful for your blessings upon us, that you watch over us, that you take care of our families, Father. That your blessing is on us. And Father, we pray as a church to seek your blessing and to seek your your drive and your goal and your work. Father, help us to understand what it is that you call us to be. Especially as we go into a new year, Father, to to hold on to that 
for which you hold on to us. We pray these blessings. We pray that all families that gather, that gather safely. Father, that, that they are watched over and that there are so many blessings of family. This week is particularly as we gather. Watch over us, bless us, Father, and keep us in your Son's most holy name. Amen.